Today is a special day. Now you'll notice the shoeboxes. Uh, the real focus of our collection will be next, starting next Sunday, but we had some people coming early. I encouraged it. I think it's great. If you're ready, let's go. We have a few boxes left. If you want to be a blessing, you can continue and be an extra blessing. Every box means a child and a family in this world will be exposed beautifully to the gospel of Jesus Christ in love and encouragement. What a great thing to do. Now today, uh, for our children, I want to let them know before uh, they move, this is the watch I had last week. It has a new band. It has a new battery. It's got a new purpose. You kids and adults know this. God can take anything broken. And he can fix it beautifully. Now, children, we've uh, got stuff for you. It's going to be in the children's church. I'm going to let you adjourn and go out that way into the narthex. Have a wonderful children's church. God bless you. As our children begin their journey, I want you to open your Bibles and begin a journey with me. Would you turn to the book of Acts, chapter 20? Acts chapter 20. When you find that, turn to verse 17. The Apostle Paul is on the last stage of his uh, missionary journeys. He's made four of these. His life has been powerful. He's on uh, the island of Miletus. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with Trials have happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. Testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. This is the word of God. So tell me, what makes for a successful career in ministry? Because today we're not just celebrating 14 and a half years of service among us. We're celebrating 40 plus years of gospel ministry, which is so significant. So few pastors that began 
in their early 20s retire today. Most don't make it to retirement. They move on to other things. They change. They uh, maybe have experienced pain, difficulties, whatever. So to celebrate the conclusion of formal ministry is a powerful, meaningful thing. What makes it successful? Well, some would say the three B's, baptisms, budgets, and bodies in the pews. That's how we measure how successful we have been. And goodness, all of that changes so quickly. Just introduce the word pandemic into the equation, and the three B's suddenly become very different than what they've been in the past. No, uh, that's not really a legacy. A legacy is so much more as the apostle Paul shares with us. What makes the legacy of a strong finish of a meaningful ministry? Well, first, Paul makes it clear, live among the people. Live among the people. Walk among the people. For it is the people, the children of God, to whom we're called to minister. We're to be, as Jesus said in uh, Revelation chapter 1, he walked among the golden lampstands. He walked among the churches. He calls his shepherds and under-shepherds that we should all walk and live among the people. We could ask for a show of hands, but I don't want to call anybody out who has ever been in the building, in the facility, who's ever stopped at the office, who's ever been caught in the hallway and had Greg ask you, how are you doing or how's the situation? Tell me how you are and just listened. And you were blessed for that. How many of you have been in a Sunday school class and Greg popped his head in, said, how are you today? Anything I can do for you? And he walked among the people. How often, yeah, all of us on staff with him, have found his office and his chairs hospitable and welcoming to just talk and pray about whatever is needful. You live among the people. You share anything useful. The Apostle Paul said that um, when he did this, he never shrank from declaring to you anything that was profitable anything. He was quick to share what was on his heart. He was gracious in sharing anything that was useful. And Greg has been remarkably useful to me. He has uh, been the complement to my skills and personality, and he has helped make me find whatever measure of success God's granted me. He has been hugely responsible to make that happen. He shares anything useful from biblical truth to practical knowledge and information. In fact, on occasion, Greg would say to me, I think in this meeting, I don't need to say much because other people have things to share. I'll just sit here. And I'm a student of human behavior and nature. And so I would love it when it came to something that I knew he had something to say. And he was and it was killing him. 
not out of any sense of arrogance or lack of humility. It's his nature to share things that are useful. If you know Greg, if you call him a friend, if you've worked and served with him, you have been the recipient of those special moments when he shared what was useful for your life and for our ministry. The Apostle Paul said that um, it's important to listen to the Spirit and obey. He said, now behold, I am going to Jerusalem. I am constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. I don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what tomorrow brings. Sometimes I'm not even sure what yesterday brought. You know, it's just difficult to plan everything out like we want. There comes a point for the person in ministry to learn the value of the Holy Spirit and how He speaks and He guides, He directs, He opens a door, He closes a door. In the mystery of His workings, we are always right where we need to be, even though it makes no sense. In hindsight, it makes sense. There is a reason why ministry comes to an end in one location, because inevitably there is ministry somewhere else awaiting us. And it may be unique and astoundingly different in expectation, but I know my friend has been listening been listening to the Spirit, and he has his whole life. That's why he's been in Florida. That's why he's been in South Carolina. That's why he's been in North Carolina. That's why he's been in Tennessee and Virginia and Korea. And while even in Korea, a burning desire as often as possible to get into China with the gospel. Why? When you listen to the Spirit, you go places. Don't know where the Spirit's leading next. Could be Chattanooga. Could be Churchill. Don't know. But the Spirit will speak. And I'm pretty confident, Greg, will listen and obey. So if you live among the people, if you share anything useful, if you listen to the Spirit and you obey, you will finish my course well. It's God's course that He sets before us. Like a, a cross-country race or a marathon that gets marked out with clear markers and a path to follow, a path that others are running at their speed, at their skill level and their, their direction, we're all running God's course that we might finish well, that we might make every turn, every curve, every step, every hill, we might run it well. Though when it's done, we run the course laid before us, we do so with few entanglements. The Apostle Paul said, now listen, I, I don't add up my life as any great value to me personally, precious to me. No, uh, 
My only desire is that I finish my course. And that I finish the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. That I might testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That verse is written on a baseball in my office. Acts 20, 24. It was written through a mutual acquaintance from a pitcher for the Cardinals named Adam Wainwright, their ace. He was mentoring a mutual friend of ours. And one year for um, Pastor Appreciation Month, he signed a baseball. That was the verse he put on there. I thought, what on earth? A baseball pitcher? What is he doing? He's a profound Christian. That verse has stunned me, overwhelmed me, made me realize that God wants all of us to finish. Adam Wainwright is an old man now, and he is still pitching. As an old man, he's still pitching. He's not quit playing. That verse still holds true. That verse holds true for me. I want that verse to hold true for Greg. Because we want to finish our course and finish it well. Running is not my thing. In fact, my doctor asked me, he said, do you run? And I said, doc, I said, if you're at Warrior's Path and you see me running, you better get it. Because there's a black bear coming out of the woods. I promise you that. I don't think Greg runs a lot these days. No. But life in ministry is very much like a distance race. And the finish line is our goal. This is not the finish line today. No, this is not the finish line. This is but the start of the last stretch. And you, my friend, are not done running. May you run well.